Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 240. Tonight, Matt and Doug get together and talk about celebrating wins. They discuss how important it is to be involved in celebrating the wins of others, but also how important it is to acknowledge your own wins. Enjoy the show. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing okay. (laughs) How's my level? I think it's pretty good. Got some uh, connection issues here. Oh, on your end or my end? Oh, I just heard a little bit of uh, Zoom latency kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's going to happen sometimes. (laughs) Okay, should be good. That's fine. Unless it cuts out for a long time. (laughs) Then we'll have a problem. It'll be like, do I try to ad-lib and think I know what you said? (laughs) Or... Oh, uh, so it's like 40 degrees out now. So we've, we've gone from comfortable to having the heater on, uh, in a matter of days here. Yeah. It's like 74 right now and heading up. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're, we're fully in the swing of fall. Yeah. We're not there yeah. yet. So two or three more weeks, we'll probably be in it. We're having like a kind of unseasonably warm fall. So, oh yeah. Well, we're typically warm in September, October. They call it the Indian summer. And then our, our rainy season generally starts around Halloween. So we haven't seen any rain yet, but, um, it definitely, (laughs) I did have to go buy a new filter for the heater this week. And, uh, yeah, we're, (laughs) we're in it. Got my hot tea. I got my sweatshirt. (laughs) And we've got our Indian summer generally happens in the first or second week of November. Oh. That's late. Yeah. But then our, our winters have lasted a lot longer, so we won't come out of winter, you know, and snow on the ground and stuff until probably late March, maybe early oh, April. Definitely. It generally doesn't, doesn't get into the, uh, the winter of discontent until <laughs> somewhere in January. That's funny. I'm having a little winter of discontent myself right now. <laughs> No, I had this, I had this kind of thought this morning, you know how, um, see people around me are like getting like colds and stuff. Like people haven't had colds for a while because everybody's been socially distancing and masking and hand sanitizing. And now school's back in session and people are getting a little more relaxed about certain things and colds are, colds are back around. And that's tangential to the thought that I had, which was, you know how our bodies can get run down and our immune system kind of wanes and that's when we you know that's when we get sick well i it occurred to me that you know we have kind of um, a mental and emotional immune system that when we're mentally and emotionally strong where we ward off things that don't matter and when that weakens for whatever reason then things get to us that wouldn't normally get to us and it can can affect us so that's what's on my mind this morning it wasn't our topic but (laughs) In case I'm a little <laughs> less peppy than usual, I'm trying to overcome some of that. So, peppy, peppy, you know, because I'm usually so, I'm usually so peppy, right? <laughs> that's that's the word that people describe me with all the time, peppy. Yeah, usually you're you're very I'm, peppy. I'm kidding, of course. 
you bring, you know, it's like the, what? The life of the, the party. life of the party. You know, I can be the life of the party, but I have to mental, I have to, I have to choose to be that. Does that involve like lampshades or anything? Um, <laughs> that is kind of a running joke. I've never put a lampshade. Uh, no, I can't say that. I can't say that. I've, <laughs> okay. I can't say I've never put a lampshade <laughs> on my head. Probably at some point I did. Yes. <laughs> And there may be, there may be, I was going to say that somewhere, somewhere there may be a picture. I, I couldn't even say <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so, Hey, I'm, I'm broadcasting on the R10 this morning, the, the new Royer R10. That's exciting. Yeah. And so any difference, does it sound any different? Um, your level is a little lower than it has been. Uh, well, actually the last couple episodes, your episode was kind of middle of the range, whereas the previous couple episodes where you were kind of hot right now, it does sound a little lower and a little mellower, like a little less, um, it's a little warmer, it's a little, it's a little warmer and rounder, I think, yeah, than the, uh, than the shotgun, which, um, it's a little more in the upper mids, mid upper mid range. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is cool. I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, it sounds very natural. Yeah. I did some test recordings and listened back and first just right into my mic pre. And it's definitely a microphone that needs some additional gain. So having like an inline amplifier or something like that would be desirable for this mic. So I am running in, I haven't run in my channel strip in a long time. So I'm actually running in my channel strip so that I can get the additional gain that I think this mic needs. Now, I don't know that this mic would need that additional gain on guitar yet or not. Oh, interesting. It might be that like a guitar cabinet is loud enough where it doesn't, whereas spoken word here just isn't driving the diaphragm like, uh, like you would at higher SPLs. So you said this was a ribbon, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's a special ribbon. It's not like the, you know, like the classic vocal tuned ribbon. This one is a high SPL ribbon that can handle uh, guitar cabinets and um, kick drums. I think you said, yeah, and horns and yeah, all kinds Which of stuff. That so, kind of makes sense then, yeah, percussion that and, it would need a little more to drive it for just vocals. Yeah, I guess it's got a really sophisticated set of shielding in front of the ribbon. I don't know that I could make this thing pop. Maybe a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about, uh, I don't know, about eight inches from the mic right oh, okay. now. And it's very directional. So if I turn my head and talk. Oh, you know, I you can hear kinda, it. Yeah. Ch- yeah. So I do have to kind of be on it like a broadcast mic, which is fine because it's got really great rejection. How's the proximity effect? Proximity effect is pretty dang good. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so. And that's something that apparently you have to watch out for because um, uh, it's very sensitive uh, with proximity and it's, it's a microphone you don't want to have like on guitar cabinet. You don't want to have it right on the guitar cabinet. Yeah, so sense. you want to give six to eight inches of air between the cabinet and, um, and the microphone is what I was reading. Yeah. Your voice got really deep and the plosives got really prominent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the six to eight inch range is about right. and it's a little bit easier with my shotgun because I can sit back a little bit, you know, but, uh, it's not bad, you know, as far as sitting here and recording comfort yeah. and just got to get it positioned right and stuff. And 
remember not to look away and talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> My favorite trick for mic positioning is to use a pop filter and take the pop filter off the mic, however far you want to space it. And then you can get your mouth right up on the pop filter and without fear yeah. of actually getting close to the mic because it sets the distance. Yeah. And I do not have a pop filter for this one. So it's open screen right now. But yeah, anyway, hopefully this will yeah. turn out really nice and post-production. I think it sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. <sighs> and let's see. Let's see. See, Well, it's Saturday morning and we were thinking about, uh, about what wins. And wins and celebrating wins. Yeah. Celebrating wins. But not just our own wins, which I think that's, that's something that's come up in some chats that I've been in part of recently. Um, freelance chat and a couple others, which, you know, how, how we're, as people, we're, I mean, as humans, we're, we're hardwired to remember negative things because, you know, from survival instinct, you really want to know which mushroom is poisonous and which, you know, which cave has the bears in it right you want to remember those things um but so what's that like which recording sucks right you remember your mistakes like when you listen back to anything you're like oh god i would have done that differently or oh god that sound that take was terrible and you may be the only one who notices that i mean we i I don't know about you but i hear that in my clients they're like oh that i gotta redo that part i'm like sounds great to me i don't know you're the only one who knows what it sounds like in your head uh to me it sounds great so you know what i mean um but in terms of celebrating our own wins, like just like at the end of the day, thinking back and going, okay, what were, what were some of my even small wins today is a great way to kind of foster a culture of, of uh, gratitude and positivity in your own self. And if you make a habit out of it, it can be just kind of transformative. It's not an easy habit to make. Um, you almost have to take a to do a physical, like sit down and write down three things that went well today or three things you did that came out uh, that you accomplished or whatever. And they can be small things, but um, it's a good practice. Yeah. You know, I think it's easier to focus on celebrating others' wins than it is my own personal wins. I do, I do celebrate my own wins, though, don't, so don't get me wrong. And I do like to make sure that I give myself affirmation. Yeah. And good word. It's as important to recognize what you've done good as it is what you've not done well. And because those are all your tools for learning and growing and knowing what you've done well and recognizing that helps to make sure that you kind of repeat whatever it was in the process that helped it go positive reinforcement, you know, and, And it might be things like new techniques or or changes in your workflow or things that made you feel more motivated or creative and what led up to that win. And, you know, so those, you know, take a look at those things and don't discount them. There's no, I don't see that as being egotistical in any way. It's part of analyzing how things are going and working towards growth and improvement. Absolutely. But yeah, the original uh, spawn for the topic was the idea of celebrating other people's wins. And I know you do this. Um, Celebrating, say, when you release um, a a piece out into the world, you know, for yourself or for a client. And promoting that and celebrating that as a win for not just for yourself, but for them. Hey, here's this fantastic thing that somebody did. And just uh, 
boosting the signal for that for that thing so that more people can enjoy it and that's kind of like that helps you know it's that it's that rising tide lifts all ships thing yeah yeah and i know you have i saw a really cool post on you did it was a retweet of some vo work that you just did that's new so i was really thought it was very oh, cool yeah. to see that you had that opportunity and looked like it went really well. It for did. You. That's very exciting. Yeah. That's a new, a new arena for me doing voiceover work that people have uh, been encouraging me to, to get into that for a while. Cause they like my voice better than I do. <laughs> and I have some, you know, the couple of years of podcast experience, I feel like at least I know, you know, how to go about the mechanics of it, if not how to get into the business of it. But, um, it's it's a fun it's a fun and challenging new little world for me. Nice. Yeah, sometimes and this is I don't know if this I mean this is a tangential topic. I don't know how other people feel about this, but I often feel like it's easier to promote other people and their successes than to promote myself and my own. Like I don't feel great yeah. about self-promotion. I don't feel great about you know, saying I did this thing, hey, go take a look at it. I feel much better about going, hey, my friend put out this song and you should listen to it. Um, you know, not because I worked on it, uh, but yeah. just because I like it and just because I think it needs to be, you know, heard by other people. And and uh, I'm more than happy to, to talk about, you know, things that other people did well. And in fact, I'm much more happy to do that than to talk about things that I do. <laughs> And I wonder how yeah. many people feel like that. Well, for me, if, as far as a win goes, it always involves someone else. Mm -hmm. And because if I just tried to, if it was just me and I tried to post something, it would be absolute silence because there's, it requires someone else to be involved in their music, their, the production that they worked on. And so those wins that are mine are, always someone else's wins you know yeah. what i mean and and just by virtue of them having that that positive outcome is is me tagging along and you know being grateful and part of the process that got it there i think it's different for in the context of music production it's different for the artist side because they have the tangible thing that was created right. that that then can be shared me um i'm sharing the artist's experience and and their music but i you know there's not much i can do until they share that stuff a lot of times because i can't um because it's pre-release right. and i really can't do a whole lot with that i do get the opportunities to maybe create some pre-release samples you know like 30 seconds and and share that type of thing mm -hmm. and help. But part of what I do is always promoting those that I've been working with. I think that, you know, that's why you see that in me is because, because I rely on the artists and their successes. Yeah. And that's, that's tough sometimes because of the, the, the gap between when you're working on something from a production standpoint and when it actually is, you know, whatever the timing of it actually getting out into the world is. Um, sometimes yeah. it's immediately because we artists are impatient and <laughs> we like to just, God, we've been working on this for two years and want it out there now. But, um, you know, the more yeah. canny and, and seasoned pros are more like, okay, 
now that this has a, a release, we're going to make a release date, you know, uh, two months in the future. And we have a whole campaign to build up to it and a single release and blah, blah, blah. And it can be tough not to be able to just go, Hey, I worked on this. I'm so proud of it. And I'm so happy for the artist. <laughs> you yeah. can't, and it's hard, but, um, it's nice when you can, and in those cases, you know, you just sort of but, tagging along and, and helping promote the pre-release announcements right. and things like that, helping build up to that, that point. And, and like I said, sometimes the artists do some pre-release promotions and they have like pre-save promotions on Spotify and things like that. Yeah. You know, where there's a little bit of stuff out there and, and those are opportunities to help and share and, and then also showcase what you've done in that process. When those opportunities come, obviously I, it's important to me to be able to allow people to hear what I've worked on. That's that's a uh, resume, you know, yeah. that's, that's my catalog of repertoire. Right. It's part of your portfolio now. Yep. And, and so you have to have that. That's really important because otherwise it's just talking to someone and telling them what they do without anything of substance to help them understand what you sound right. like. Right. Yeah. You, you need the context. Um, here's a tangential point so i i really and i really like the whole pre-release save on spotify thing i think it helps their i think it helps the artist's algorithm to have to have spotify know that people are interested in it before it's even released um and i also like the idea that if somebody's you know album is coming out that you can save it in your spotify while you're thinking about it because you might miss the actual album announcement especially if it's far off into the future you're not necessarily looking for it, or maybe you're not on the artist mailing list, but you're interested in it now and you can save it now. The flip side of that, much as I love Bandcamp, the the, uh, the trend that I see there is, is people have their album up on Bandcamp prior to a release, and they only have like one or maybe two songs that you can listen to now. And the way it shows up is it looks like you have a new album in your collection but there's really only like one song in it and you have to remember to go back. Uh, you don't necessarily get an announcement when the full thing is ready to stream on Bandcamp. Yeah. That, 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 I feel like that's something that, that could be done a little better, much as I love Bandcamp. Do you actually, like, I think you're able to go to Bandcamp and buy that pre-release album and it may only have a one or two songs on it. And the thing that's been confusing to me there is when the artist adds more songs oh. to that collection. I didn't receive them. Oh, interesting. Even if I, if I bought the album and I don't know if you have to go back in and buy more or, or is it just a matter of needing to go and, and download more or whatever. But, uh, with regards to just playing it in the Bandcamp app, it's unclear to me as to what my purchase actually included. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I know there's there's a couple of things. One is you can subscribe to an artist or a label, and the other is you can buy their whole catalog. I don't know if you buy the whole catalog if you get everything that comes after that or if you only get everything that came up until the point that you buy it. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's mystery to me. Yeah. But I do see a lot of people sharing codes, you know, and, and there's mm -hmm. download a codes. lot of cool things about Bandcamp and, you know, download codes, uh, you know, for to get music for free, basically. And, uh, I, I think it's always good to tip the artist, even when they're giving away stuff, if you can. You yeah. Know? That's very cool. I wonder how many people download music, uh, digitally 
I did find that when I was on the, I, I, I flew recently for the first time in a couple of years, and I was bummed that, you know, with my old phone, I had everything, you know, on my phone as an MP3, and now I mostly just listen to streaming. So when I was in the airplane and I had to be in airplane mode, I was like, oh, <laughs> I can't listen to anything because I don't have anything to listen to. And um, I hadn't thought of that ahead of time, unfortunately, because I like to, <laughs> I do this dumb thing where I like yeah. to play a song uh, during takeoff so that I get kind of pumped for the flight. Um, and uh, <laughs> it was the first time in a long time I was unable to do that. Um, so there is an advantage to having local copies of music for sure. Yeah. The other one is backups. And I'll tell you, I, I got into iTunes pretty early. So, you know, when iTunes originally started coming out and I was buying at the time, buying CDs and stuff, and then they started offering digital downloads in iTunes. And so I, I was, I was buying complete albums in iTunes and I had some albums whose catalog for one recording company ended up getting bought by a different recording company and those albums then were no longer available on itunes and and i lost my music because i didn't download it my digital music oh that's interesting um now i did contact apple about that when it happened and they found all of the songs that were off of the album on different recording albums And then they put a compilation together that included all the songs that I had lost and gave that to me for oh, free. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Which was really nice of them to do that. But the learning experience on that was download the digital <laughs> copies just as a backup. Yeah. Not even, it's great to have them for, uh, for offline play and stuff like that. That's another reason. But if you've paid for the music, then you should back it up. Because <laughs> it's entirely possible that even relying on this, these huge services that things like that with copyrights could happen. And then you could lose access to the music that you've purchased. Yeah. That's something I hadn't even thought of. I mean, I mean the whole, the whole fragility of the internet and, you know, dependence on streaming services is why I will never give up my CD collection. Uh, you know, unwieldy as it is, I have like 500 CDs and <laughs> they will, I will not get rid of them because yeah, you know, a it's nice to have a lot of them are are memory related. Like I bought them at particular shows that I like to remember them by. But you know, just the fact that I have a hard copy that if I ever want to listen to it in the future, I can. Yeah, and we you know you don't know will Bandcamp be around in ten years? The music that you've purchased, uh, things like that. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I've downloaded a lot of my Bandcamp um, in as MP3s. Speaking of compute, I am on a new computer. I am. I am on a new computer today. And, uh, yeah, I made the transition. This Will week. you be on a new computer next week too? Yes. Yes. No, I have replaced okay. my, I've replaced my laptop with a newer laptop. Um, so far the biggest uh, pain point besides, you know, having to re-enable, reinstall and re-enable all my waves plugins was, uh, having to get some USB-C connectors, <laughs> which oh. USB-C is interesting. Well, congrats. That's a big it deal. It is a big deal. So I have more memory, I have more compute power. Um, and, uh, Hopefully I hit the CPU ceiling a lot less now. Yeah. So I am, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet, but I think I'm going to get a Mac mini M1. I think if you use wave plugins, I might wait because I don't think that they are compatible with M1 yet. So I'm not running an M1. No, I do not. 
I don't have that to be concerned with. However, I, there's probably going to be some plugin incompatibilities mm-hmm. and it's really a hard thing when you have 1200 freaking plugins <laughs> and you know, what's going to, yeah. maybe it's a great thing. Maybe it's just like, Oh, that stopped working. Thank yeah. God. You know, okay. and not worry about that anymore. Yeah. Moving on. And <laughs> yeah, know, but I don't think that anything that's really important to me is going to have a problem with it, but in not really knowing hundred percent, it would be something where I would set up the new machine in tandem with keeping my old machine. I don't think it would be a trade-in. I'd, I'd need to have, uh, I'd be able to go back if I needed to. Yeah. I have the old one on hand uh, just in case. Cause I, it's, this is like only a couple of days for me and I'm not a hundred percent sure that everything uh, is working exactly as I expected, but knock yeah. on wood, nothing yet. Was it a different topology or is it, you know, just upgraded of the same types of processors? Uh, it's the same processor that's, it's faster. The operating system is newer. Uh, it's, I was, I was on 10.3 for a really long time and reluctant to upgrade. And now I'm at 10.6 yeah. and forced to, forced to contend with it. But it's, it's so, it's so similar that I don't really notice too much of a difference except for the way it looks is a little different. Um, yeah. Well, I'm on 10.13.6 High Sierra and I'm maxed out on my, on my, um, iMac. Yeah. It's an older iMac, but it's just been an awesome machine. I certainly can't complain at all. I love this machine, but the idea of having a little tiny box that doubles the performance and I already have a display on the wall, right? so I can just run that to my display and I already have Bluetooth keyboard and trackpad. So that thing can go up on the front wall and I don't even need to have a computer near oh, me. That's cool. You know, type of setup. And then the big 27 inch screen that's next to me could eventually go away. Yeah. And that kind of, I don't know. I just would feel right not having that. Yeah. Stuff. I almost went with the Mac mini. I know I said 10, three, I meant 10, 13. Now I'm on 10, 16. Okay. Yeah. 10, 13, yeah, so like super big, stable. Big sir. Yeah. I guess yeah. I, I, I can never remember the landmark names. I only remember the, the numbers. Yeah. And not even that very well, apparently, but yeah, 1013, very stable, uh, was reluctant to move. I'm just, you know what, when you get to a point and, and your computer is what you depend on for your livelihood, you are, uh, you know, with, with just cause reluctant to do any wholesale upgrades that might cause you downtime. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that that's one of the more expensive things you could do. Yes. Also that, <laughs> you know, and so it's a big decision. and usually comes out of necessity rather than desire because stuff breaks down. And, and so I don't know, it's, it's one of those things that I think involves a long time plan. And if you can do some savings to get to that point right. where, if you know a year in advance, you know, I'm going to be doing this, you know, I think, I think it's a really good idea to just really spend the time to plan it out and look at the, you know, the whole software thing and compatibility. Yeah, that's a big deal. It is. I mean, you could switch over and you are out of business, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You know? And so you've got to really take it in stride and make sure that you don't put yourself out of the ability to do what it is that you need to do. Yeah. And the one big, and that could be as a recording artist, or that could be as a, as a mix or mastering engineer, anything that in the recording engineer, anything in the audio production process. Yeah, and you really need to do it. You need to plan it so that you're at what I like to call as a, a code freeze point where you're you're between projects or you're at a complete like downtime pause where 
you can do that without, you know, if anything goes sideways, you, you don't lose anything in, a, in the transition. Yeah. And that can be tough. But yeah, my, my other one was um, crashing sometimes daily with kernel panics. So it was, it was, it was time to give oh. it up. And I never did figure out what was causing that. It could have been hardware. Did you ever uh, just get a good uh, time machine and, and then wipe and restore? Did yes. you try that? Yeah. And if it kept going, then that's something, something with the hardware is going yeah, down. that's what I was kind of thinking. So off that now. And uh, so far, so good. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess I need to figure out that plan because I see that coming. Yeah. My machine's a 2011. Oh, and mine was 2015, which I thought was old. Yeah. I intentionally bought the 2011 because it was a superior machine to like the 2013 or 14 Max and for the iMac. Right. Because uh, for hardware stability and everything, it had one problem, which was overheating of the GPU. And, and I actually experienced that. And I ride my GPU a year or two ago. But for about it was about a hundred and twenty five dollar fix for a uh, a replacement GPU, and I was comfortable in doing it. It w- wasn't that hard. It was, I think, the hardest part of that was getting the glass screen off the iMac, which is requires some uh, uh, suction cups because it's held on with magnets. Suction cup, yep. And getting that off. But once that was off, then it was just a matter of uh, like three screws and unplugging the GPU and then putting a new GPU back in. And cleaning out the fans and stuff, but there's actually no fan on the GPU in this model Mac, and and that heat buildup was one of the problems in there. Uh, and it yeah. was a a published design flaw at the time. So that was. Other than that, it's been just 100% rock solid machines. Yeah, I remember when you I've went through really that. That with. was a big deal because you were hard down for oh, over a week. Yep, yep. I had uh, new Macs in in a cart and you know <laughs> trying to figure out what I. Which way I was going to go and, and really didn't want to buy a new Mac at the times. So. That reminds me, that's something that I did with that laptop was I, I, I bought a little, a cool little kit on Amazon that um, has like little tiny screwdrivers and little, um, little plastic tools that allow you to get bezels off. And uh, I took that thing apart yeah. and I, for, I was amazed at how much dust was inside the laptop because it had never been out oh, of the yeah. house. It's only been in a controlled environment. And yet the fans were all full of dust and the, ports were kind of clogged and I thought, well, this, this could be a thing, you know, maybe it's just not getting enough airflow and it's overheating and, and, and stuff. And it was actually, once I cleaned it out and blew out all that dust, uh, it was more stable for a while. And I wonder, that's <laughs> not a bunch that of old dead skin this. in there, man. Yeah. Not, not that I recommend <laughs> this necessarily, but maybe a periodic take apart your machine and clean it out, um, is not a bad idea. Yeah. Carefully. Or a good compressed air <laughs> through the vents and at least yeah. blow it out every once in a while. Right. And don't touch any freaking motherboard components with your grubby yeah. little fingers. Don't <laughs> use a vacuum. But yep. but don't ever use a vacuum on your computers, though. You will kill it because it's got um, yep. static electricity. It'll create static electricity. Yep. Anyway, wow, we went, we, yep. we covered some, some different topics today, didn't we? We're all over. We're all over. <laughs> yeah, when you don't really know. Celebrating what, wins to how to clean your laptop. What's going on? You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, these talks are more so fun. So, did anyway. you have? Let's go out to uh, share with us Circle your back. best win of the week or the last month. Yeah, just real quick to close out the show. Um, yeah, share well, I what, think what's the what's your big win for the last month? 
Um, yeah, I feel like I have a few, but uh, the the biggest one was my my um my. We don't have time for. I know this my one. Uh, my very first breakthrough of voiceover, professional voiceover. That was my big win. What about you? Excellent. Uh, mine was. Uh, remember a few weeks back we had Allison Reynolds on the show. Yep. My big, her big win, my big win. I get to share with her, and so grateful for that. Was the release of her new album on CD, which is now available on her website. And so uh, she's such a wonderful musician and it's allisonreynoldsmusic.com. And I'm so proud to have taken part in that. I think uh, it was a production that she and I worked on. There were, we didn't let anything go. There was no detail that we didn't work on and take the time to work on. And I think in the final product, it was just really shining because of the amount of work and time and that we allowed that process to happen and to just go back and forth and, and do everything, no matter what it took to get it exactly right. And she and I worked together. We must've listened to every song on that album. Gosh, so many times and just review, review some revisions here, little tiny tweaks. So anyway, I think it's just a wonderful production and I think it turned out to be a very professional recording for her. And I'm excited for her. So help support Allison. Go check Good, out her website. Yep. Her music will be available on uh, Bandcamp. And uh, then later on this month, she's releasing on streaming platforms. Cool. Yes, I already have it pre-saved in my Spotify. And I saw the picture yesterday of the CD. It looks fantastic. Yeah. I actually pre-ordered a couple of CDs. So I should get those in uh, uh, early this week, right I hope. On. I think she said she, she already mailed them out. Excellent. That's very exciting. Yeah. And I, I made her let me pay for them. She wanted to give them to me. But I think you got to <laughs> you you know, support help your artist. artist. You got to support your yep. artist. Absolutely. Yeah. At this, so this time have, next yeah. week, so I hope to have a couple of uh, um, mixing or mastering projects over the finish line that are, that are just very close. Um, but I don't want to talk about them just yet. Yeah. <laughs> As we said in the beginning, so it's not always up to us to be able to discuss. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. Well, there you have there it. There you have so, it. Yeah, listeners, hope you enjoyed the show. Likewise, have a great week. Uh, uh, subscribe, like, and uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you like. Yeah. You know, we'll take any review. Sure. Okay. I mean, leave us a bad Oh, yeah, review. tell us just- we stink. These guys just ramble on and on and never get to the point. Talk too much about the weather and... <laughs> What, you leave that in there? I thought you cut that stuff out. <laughs> I do sometimes cut it out. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Cheers. cheers. Have a great week. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating.